0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we're going to catch up with Attorney General Bill Schuette, who announced formally yesterday that he would like to be the next governor of the state of Michigan. We'll talk about what his vision for that job is and why he chose to announce now. Everyone seems to have known for months that Bill Schutte was interested in running for governor. What was it about late or mid-September that made him think it's time to make this a formal bid? We're also going to talk with Chad Livengood of Crane's Detroit Business about a really interesting profile he had recently of Matthew Maroon, who heads... The Bridge Company now uh, and the Maroon family, who own not only the Ambassador Bridge and would like to build a new span across the Detroit River, but also are the owners of Michigan Central Station, one of the longest running large scale abandoned buildings on the Detroit skyline. In the story, the Maroons say that they may have new plans for the train station. We've heard that before. But we'll ask Chad Livengood how credible we think those plans are now. Also remember that if you're heading into work or otherwise headed away from the radio you can still catch up with the full edition of Detroit Today on the Detroit Today podcast. All you do all you have to do is go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. You can download and subscribe to us and we Uh, can be heard by you whenever you're ready to hear us. Also remember that we're fundraising right now here at WDET, and with a pretty urgent context. A recent change in our funding means we need a lot more from you, the listeners, to keep shows like Detroit Today on air. So go to WDET.org and make your first contribution or renew or increase your support for WDET. Show your support for independent journalism. Up first, there is a new state law that gives tax incentives to developers who build on blighted or undesirable land. Those incentives can potentially save developers millions of dollars. Politicos around Lansing often referred to the legislation as, quote, the Gilbert Bills, referring to Detroit billionaire Dan Gilbert, who stands to benefit pretty greatly from the change for some of the projects that he wants to do here in downtown Detroit. Think of the giant skyscraper he's thinking of building on the old Hudson site or the things that he's trying to do in the Cadillac Square area. The Michigan Public Radio Network and the Michigan Campaign Finance Network earlier this year dug into campaign finance reports and found several large companies, including Gilbert's Quicken Loans gave a lot of money to lawmakers just as these bills were making their way through the legislature. This week, new campaign finance statements filed with the state show the pattern of giving by Quicken Loans officials and associates was much more generous than... Than originally reported. Joining us now to talk about those reports are Shayna Roth. She is a state capital reporter at the Michigan Public Radio Network. Also Craig Ma- Mauger, who is the executive director of the Michigan Campaign Finance Network. Shayna and Craig, welcome to Detroit today. Hello. Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, so let's start with what we the the, the details here of what we've learned. Uh, w- there is nothing new, we should say, up front, about the idea of people who want things from this legislature going into their pockets and uh, lavishing money on lawmakers in order to sway their influence in their favor, uh, this is something a little bit different, I think. Uh, and so I want to give you a chance to talk about what we're looking at and why it stands out from that pretty routine behavior that we've seen before. Craig, I'll start with you.
1: Yeah, a lot of, I mean, that's the first question people ask is, why is this different than what happens every day? Um, in Lansing or in Washington or any state capital. And, you know, the reason I think that we specifically wanted to look into this because of, is because of the money that's at stake here. I mean, these incentives that uh, the new law allows for could be worth hundreds of millions of dollars over the lifespan of this program. I mean, there's language in the bill that caps uh, reimbursements through one portion of it at $40 million, $40 million a year. So you're talking, upon, uh, talking about millions upon millions of dollars at stake here. You're talking about uh, Dan Gilbert uh, being a major supporter of these bills, who one ranking says is the most—I uh, mean, the richest man in Michigan—and you're talking also about legislation that in 2016 it stalled, and the Michigan House had a, a lot of problems with this package, and then they came back in 2017. The supporters of the bills amped up their lobbying, and then the bills were uh, put into law after that.
0: Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong ab- about this giving, correct, Shana? This is not a matter of legality. It is a matter of appearance, I suppose.
2: Correct. I mean, this is... We know that uh, lawmakers receive donations from all kinds of different interests and special interest groups all the time. So legally speaking, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. As far as we know, everything was reported properly, which is how we were able to to see how much giving was done. But, you know, it does raise a, a flag or a question for, P- for, for voters and for citizens to consider when they see that, you know, uh, different lawmakers were getting, you know, anywhere between 150 dollars and $4,000 uh, around the time that these bills were up for votes.
0: And and d- distinguish this, I guess, from other legislative processes. We've seen before, like, for instance, uh, the, the DPS bills were really tough to get through the legislature. And it did take cash. It took a lot of cash from uh, the DeVos family, in fact, to get lawmakers... On board was this? Was this as difficult uh, a, a hurdle as that was?
1: I would say that the, um, I mean it's a different type of hurdle. I mean there was a pressing need with the DPS bills that happened for the legislature to act. They had to do something about DPS. It was just a matter of what they were going to do. With these bills, I mean there was a pressing need from the developers' perspective that something had to be done, but. Um, there's not a specific you know, timeline for uh, a school district having financial problems. Um, I, I would say there was a hurdle because the House kind of blocked these bills in 2016 and then came back, and um, the campaign in support of them changed a little bit, the bills changed a little bit, and then they were able to get through. I, I would also know that something else interesting about these bills is they kind of go against the stated intent of both the Democrats and Republicans in the House over the years, and that makes them interesting as well. We've heard Democrats over and over again say that corporations need to pay their fair share, Mm -hmm. and we've heard Republicans specifically this year say they want a low, flat, fair tax rate that doesn't have special carve-outs for individual businesses. So, I mean, I just wanted to out there is something else that kind of makes this an, an interesting situation.
0: Yeah,
2: And just kind of bouncing ahead, off China. of that, um, yeah, just kind of bouncing off of that, that's one of the reasons why it looked early on this year like these bills were, were again not going to go anywhere. Uh, the House tried to pass an income tax uh, rollback uh, bill and that, you know, very narrowly did not pass and you had some lawmakers, you know, kind of essentially saying, you know, if we can't give a tax relief to, you know, the everyday citizens, we shouldn't be giving uh, tax Relief to big businesses. And, you know, after a couple of committee meetings and a couple of, uh, I'm guessing, different negotiations, these bills actually ended up then going through. So there almost seemed to be this sort of about face with a few different lawmakers uh, when it came to, you know, who gets tax incentives.
0: Yeah. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Shana Roth, the state capital reporter with the Michigan Public Radio Network. Also with us is Craig Mauger. He's the executive director of the Michigan Campaign Finance Network. We're talking uh, about some work that those two organizations have done together looking at campaign finance reports and looking specifically at giving around the bills that will return lots of money, millions of dollars in fact, uh, to developers of big projects here in Detroit, all around the state. Dan Gilbert is a name that comes up a lot in that conversation because he has great ambitions for building here in the city of Detroit and says he will need help to do that. These bills were aimed largely at making that possible. New campaign finance reports just show just how much money, Dan Gilbert and people associated with him have given to that cause. Is that a pay for play kind of situation? We hear about that all the time here in the state of Michigan uh, when legislation is sort of eased through the lawmaker lawmaking process uh, by money from the outside, by people who have an interest in the outcome of that legislation. Do you think that's the way it should be or do you think we ought to have tighter rules here in the state of Michigan about that that sort of thing and make the lawmaking process a little more independent from the lobbying process." 313 1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313 1019 if you want to join the conversation. Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Uh, Craig, I want to talk about the transparency issue that we have here in Michigan with regard to this kind of money. Is that lurking in this particular Uh, instance as well. Are are there things that other states do, for instance, that would make it easier for people to know about this kind of giving in the context of specific legislation?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of uh, different transparency measures. As I'm sure your listeners know, Michigan has been rated last out of all 50 states for transparency and ethics uh, measures that it has in place. Um, on this issue, you know, what are things, you know, some 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 things are always lurking in the background. I mean, there's there's corporate giving that can take place to different political accounts that the public doesn't get to know about. Um, could that be a state, you know, could that be a play here? We have no way of knowing for sure. Um, two other things I would note is that in some states there are limitations on lobbyists' ability to, ability to give campaign money. And that's definitely a play in this issue because... Um, A large portion of the money that was given from Quicken Loans-connected donors to lawmakers over the last seven months came from the registered lobbyists for Quicken Loans. Um, And then also, you know, we've seen an increase in Quicken Loans spending on lobbying, and overall spending on lobbying is going up. And we have no idea in Michigan, you know, where that money is being directed in terms of what bills those lobbyists are working on. So we don't have a clear picture of how much money was clearly spent just lobbying th- these bills that we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Anthony in Wixom. Anthony, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Go ahead.
3: Dan Gilbert doesn't need help. He owns a fourth team. He owns Quicken Loans. He's paying athletes multi-millions of dollars a year. The people that need help are the people that never got the same type of employment back that they lost and can barely maintain their home.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's An-
3: ridiculous to, to just to even hear him say, I need help, yeah. but you're a billionaire.
0: Yeah, Anthony, I, I, I hear that sentiment from a lot of folks, especially here in the city of Detroit. I appreciate your calling and making that point. Uh, Shana Roth, talk about how that is received in Lansing, this idea of a billionaire like Dan Gilbert coming— to Lansing and saying, I'm going to build this skyscraper in the middle of the city of Detroit, and the the current incentives for doing those kind of things in this state are just not enough. I need more. Are there politicians there who say, well, hold on a second. Uh, you, you are in a much better position to do things on your own than... Uh, the individuals of this state who are still pretty pretty hard hit and struggling to recover from the recession. I mean, is that a narrative that ever gets into the discussion here?
2: Oh, absolutely. And um, I mean, there are definitely some Uh, you know, die-hard lawmakers who insist that any type of, or or most types of, uh, tax incentives for big businesses are, as they call them, corporate welfare. And this idea that these bills would only help um, the Dan Gilberts of the world uh, are one of the reasons why in 2016 they did not even get a House committee vote. Mm -hmm. Um, The big concern was that, you know, these are incentives that are not going to help small towns, they're not going to help, you know, uh, regular-sized businesses, they're not going to help the everyday people. So what they did was uh, when they were reintroduced in 2017, they really made an effort to repackage them and to rebrand them as these brownfields bills, as bills that can help, you know, uh, the Midlands and the Graylings and, you know, other places besides Detroit. Um, And that was, you know, when you talk to lawmakers who voted yes, that was their big reason for it is, you know, quite a few lawmakers we spoke to uh, for this story said, you know, I support these bills because I believe that they will bring jobs to my district. These are bills that uh, people and, um, you know, local lawmakers in my district want to see passed. So there definitely are people who, you know, firmly believe that this is something that, you know, can really help even the small communities. But then you do see very outspoken uh, lawmakers, you know, like uh, Representative Martin Hauerlack, who's a Republican. Uh, he tends to speak very uh, passionately about these types of bills and saying that, you know, these are not um, something that that are going to be helpful to everyday people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, thanks for the call there. Mike in Ann Arbor. Welcome to Detroit today. Mike, are you there?
3: Yeah. Hello. Uh, Can you hear me?
0: Yep. Go ahead.
3: Well, I think this is a very, uh, you know, issue that needs to be looked at very carefully because, uh, you know, corporate welfare is clearly not a good idea, but, but you do need economic activity in an area in order to, you know, create jobs. And, and I think, uh, you know, I'm a native Clevelander, recently moved to Ann Arbor, and uh, I think uh, Dan Gilbert has done some good things for the city of Cleveland. Cleveland is, uh, is you know, somewhat revitalized right now after recovering from, uh, you know, it's the history of it being a Rust Belt city. Detroit, I think, is a little bit more of a, a troubled asset. Because of the you know, the long term uh, exodus, uh, so you know I, I think you got to be very careful about uh, when you've got somebody like Dan Gilbert who seems to be really interested in Detroit. Um, you know you, you want to be careful about uh, sure. supporting that because if there if there weren't investors interested, think of that situation. If there weren't investors interested right.
0: in Detroit. But but be- I guess my my question back to you, Mike, is then what? What's the limit of that, right? Uh, being supportive of what he's doing is one thing. Saying that he's entitled to millions of dollars in subsidies that come out of public funds that would otherwise be available, perhaps to be spent on, you know, the other kind, the other kinds of priorities that we have in the state. Think of higher ed, for instance. Yeah, I, I hear you,
3: but I imagine that there are uh, folks who can do an economic analysis to, you know, ensure that the the, the, it's going to be a net positive. It may not uh, happen, you know, initially, uh, but you know, so you just can't say, let's let's not support. Uh, you know, he's got a ton of money, but he could go other places too.
0: Yeah, well, and, I, and I, other
3: I, cities I, are competing for those types of people. Yeah, I, I think so.
0: that's that. I think you put your finger there, Mike, on on the sort of. Uh, turning point in this argument right uh, the, the the idea that if you don't do these things would somebody like dan gilbert be investing the way he is in in downtown detroit uh, i appreciate the call and and the comments let's go to nicole in detroit nicole welcome to detroit today yep i don't know if we no i we can't really hear you there nicole I'll call right back. Okay, very good. Uh, Let's go to Patrick in Royal Oak. Patrick, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, Stephen. Hey, how are Um, you?
4: I think we can all agree that having the money in politics the way it is currently is is not a good thing, and waiting for the legislature or the courts to do something about it is, well, not the best plan. So I'd like to offer a proposal out there, and any political candidates, I think Mayor Duggan would be a great option for this. I have an idea (laughs) for you. You're raising all this money, and... Mayor Duggan's case, he has over $2 million. that so He's probably not going to need to win re-election. How about pledges to donate that money to causes that are going to support the areas that he represents? I would love for a politician to come out there, say that the money that we're going to spend on the campaign is just for me to make appearances. We're not doing mailers. We're not buying ads. We're here to support the community. and We're going to put our money where the mouth is. Mm. So pledging to support, you know, take that $2 million. We're going to plug it right back into the community. Show that you really care about it, that it isn't this political game, that you're not going to necessarily buy influence. Or at least if you are, it's going to also have some net good to it. I think some early adopters from that would get some great benefit, tons of positive press coverage. And I think it could be something that would be almost a pseudo free market solution <laughs> to help us get through this corrupting force of money that's, in government.
0: That's pretty creative, Patrick. i got to give you credit for that. I, I, I wonder, uh, you know, who would be the first to sort of throw their hat in, in that ring. Uh, Craig Mauger, I'll give you a chance though to talk about the, the possibilities that we could see change in the way that we handle these things here in Michigan. It always seems like the, those issues are lurking in the background, the, they, they sometimes get a little bit of conversation, but we never get to the point of legislating uh, so that so that this does look different.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting proposal, and I think he's speaking to the frustration that a lot of people across the state um, have. My argument to people has been that transparency should be the number one thing. Um, When we look at these issues, uh, it's, it's just so important that the public has the ability to see who is giving money to the public officials or giving money in support of the public officials that they're electing. And people can connect the dots. I mean, that's what we're doing in, in this, this, this arena here, talking about these uh, contributions connected to Quicken Loans. We were able to look at um, contributions to lawmakers' accounts and show that, you know, there was this uptick in gaming when these bills were going through, and there was this uptick in lobbying. So we were able to take the information that was available and kind of put it out there and just show the public that this is factually what happened um there's a lot that goes on that we have no idea who's giving to supreme court candidates uh helping giving to help their their efforts to get elected. Um there will be a lot of money spent in 2018 gubernatorial race where it's untrackable, where we don't know who gave. Um I, you know, I think just having the ability to connect those dots, which is something that no one can say, um we honestly have to the fullest extent right now in Michigan is is extremely important and just by having that transparency, it's my belief that some of this money in the system would go away because there are a lot of donors who would rather you not know that they're giving that than That they're doing the money. it.
0: That's right. That's right. All right, Craig Mauger, Executive Director of the Michigan Campaign Finance Network. Uh, Shana Roth, State Capital Reporter with the Michigan Public Radio Network. Thank you both for being here on Detroit Today.
2: Thanks for having Thank us. Thank
0: you. Up next, we're going to talk with Michigan Attorney General Bill Schuette, who announced yesterday that he is running for governor. He joins the show to talk about his campaign. Stay with us on Detroit Today.